0: This episode of the Disney Film Project podcast is brought to you by TouringPlans.com. It is the one-stop shop on the internet for figuring out how you are going to plan your Disney vacation. Disneyland or Disney World, it doesn't matter. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, you want to figure out how to get there and not wait in line... This is how you do it, touringplans.com. At Disneyland, you're trying to figure out how to get out there and how to navigate all the cool new stuff like Cars Land and Buena Vista Street and all that great stuff without having to wait in line, touringplans.com. You can optimize your touring plans, check the crowd calendar, do all kinds of great stuff. Make sure you check that out over at touringplans.com. They're the sponsor of this week's episode of the Disney Film Project Podcast. <laughs> again everybody to the disney film project podcast this is the show where we talk about the films of the walt disney company marvel pixar lucasfilm disney tune studios and all the classics from walt disney productions we talk about them here on this program and over at disneyfilmproject.com I'm Ryan Kilpatrick, host of the program, and along with the folks you're about to meet, we run DisneyFilmProject.com, where you can find show notes for this very show, Blu-ray and DVD reviews, and all kinds of great content stretching all the way back to the Disney shorts of the 1920s, so make sure you go and check that out. Joining me, as always, we have our fine film experts. First of all, we have the man who never chooses just Friday to be freaky. He's freaky seven days a week. That's Mr. Todd Perlmutter.
1: Yes, I also have a 19-minute theme song.
0: It, it's a long song but we'll talk about that uh and from all sites on the interwebs we have the one and only miss rachel cole how are you rachel
2: i am doing excellent tonight how are you doing
0: I'm, I'm doing great happy to be alive uh and of course our producer who keeps things going who keeps us on task is miss cheryl perlmutter you can find it about.me slash cheryl p3 or on twitter at cheryl p3 how are you cheryl
3: I'm doing good, and just to let the listeners know, um, instead of doing a big episode, we're splitting this one in two. Um, I couldn't find the TV show or the other movie that the kid was in with the the remake of that of this one. So, um, but I, but we were, we are able to find the Freaky Friday from that with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee are in, and we'll be covering that next episode. So there you go. instead of doing a big mega episode, we kind of split up this time.
0: It's a, it's a Freaky Friday twofer. And uh, as mentioned, we are talking about Freaky Friday, only this time we are talking about the 1976 version. Uh, and as we do from time to time, we have people come to join us, our friends from around the Disney community. Tonight, we are very pleased to have uh, Chris Linden with us of DisneyChris.com, and you can find him on Twitter at DisneyChris73. How are you, Chris?
4: I'm good. I'm excited to join you guys. I'm a big fan of your show. Wow,
0: we appreciate that. We always like folks who are fans of the show. And now you're a big fan of this movie, right? You you actually requested to uh, to talk about this one?
4: Yeah, I'd have to say this is probably my favorite live-action Disney film from the 70s.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, then. Uh, well, it's it's one that uh, you know Cheryl mentioned the Lindsay Lohan version that that came out in the uh, in the early two thousands. It's one that has probably people know it because Jodie Foster's in it and she did several Disney movies at the time. Uh, but I imagine that it's not one that's been seen a lot, right? Because it hasn't been been out there uh, quite as much. I know I I had seen clips from it, but I had not actually seen the movie. I don't know. Um, Guys, had you had you guys seen this before? I know you had Chris, but uh, the rest of you guys, had you seen this before now? I, I saw it in
1: the movie theater when it came out.
2: I had actually never seen this before. I've also, seen the the two thousand one, but the two thousand three one, but I had not seen this one.
3: I also had never seen this one before either.
4: Okay, interesting. And in
3: fact, I own it on DVD, but
4: apparently, I never watched <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting because when this movie came out. I remember when it came out and by the time word went around that it was a good movie, it was already out of the theaters. So it never really had a chance to um, become a hit film. Yeah. It's back in the seventies
0: when, when movies were, you know, they, they opened not necessarily everywhere nationwide like they do now. uh, Even in the late seventies, this one uh, low-budget, as most li- live-action Disney films were in those days, uh, and ended up making around a uh, little less than $26 million, which is a good haul. I mean, it's a very profitable movie, but like you said, Chris, not the like mega-hit of stuff like Love Bug or some of the other Disney live-action movies. Right. Uh, so I think everybody probably knows the premise here. Uh, it is based on a novel called Freaky Friday by Mary Rogers, who also wrote the screenplay. Uh, for the movie, it's directed by Gary Nelson. We mentioned starring Jodie Foster. Uh, and fe- like we said, features Jodie Foster and Barbara Harris as the mother-daughter duo who switch places in this one. Uh, if you know, we'll talk about the the Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis version in another uh, podcast. And then John Aston is in this movie, which was a fun uh, little thing for me because I have seen him only in the Addams Family. Adam- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it was kind of cool to see him in this. I didn't recognize him at first. Actually, I was like, "Wait, that guy looks really familiar." And then, you know, after a few moments, I realized that uh, I was looking at, at Gomez Adams.
3: You know who I didn't <laughs> re- recognize? Um, the owner of the of Al's Diner from Happy Days. Is
1: yeah, he actually... was one of the repairmen. Is
0: that <laughs> oh yeah, he that's was right.
1: Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, but we mentioned this is this is one that Disney's gone back to a couple times. Uh, They did the the feature film with Lindsay Lohan. They also did a made for TV version in 1995 with Shelley Long. Yes, um, which you can find bits and pieces of that on YouTube. And I recommend that you don't do that.
4: Yeah, I think I watched that when it was first broadcast, and I remember not liking it very much.
1: You want to know something else? Yes. You know how the book how they have that thing at the end with the with the father and the brother. Right, yeah, that's actually what the premise for one of the sequel books,
4: right, right, okay,
1: oh, and okay. that was also made as an a b c after school special called because
3: yes, right. jody Jody Foster mentions it in her interview on the d v d
1: yeah, and right, oh, she there. also
3: mentions that she loved working on Candleshoe.
0: Shoe, of yep. course she did because it's a great movie,
3: and um, she also mentions that she got mobile by lion, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs>
0: what i found interesting is and you know we'll 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 get into the plot here of what the film is all about is you know unlike this is a i don't know if you'd call it a trope right the the whole body switch thing
1: Uh, no no Um, they actually this movie is credited with owning the trope well it created the trope yeah that that's a distinction right in fact fact, that yeah the technical name of the trope is the freaky friday trope oh well there you go but like so we've all seen this before
0: uh, in in other films, right, and it's yeah. cool that we're talking about one that's owned it. Uh, but I don't know about you guys, but I was like, when the body switch of the mother daughter, there's no like actual MacGuffin behind it. It just happens.
2: No, which yeah. which is different from the uh, the two thousand and three one, where there is actual magic, I believe, behind it.
1: In this one, the only the only explanation for the switch is that the day happens to be Friday the thirteenth. Right. Oh, yeah. that's I, I had forgotten that, honestly, because I just
0: got involved with the uh, shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> they do ensue. There, there's a ton of shenanigans in this one, which is kind of cool. Uh, and the, the thing for me, and uh, my wife wa- watched this with me, and the kids watched uh, a good chunk of it with me, is that you go into this knowing Jodie Foster, right, uh, who plays Annabelle Andrews, the daughter, and then Barbara Harris plays Ellen Andrews, her mother. I had no idea who Barbara Harris was, and I came out of the movie thinking she's a better actress than Jodie Foster.
4: She yeah. was amazing in this movie, and she was also nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress for
1: this movie. They, they film. both got nominated yeah. for it actually for mm-hmm. the role for both roles. Right. Yep.
2: Yeah. And Barbara Harris, I mean, she's also kind of a Broadway connection too, because not only is she a decorated film actress, she also won an Obie and a Tony Award for her work on Broadway, um, including a show that was actually uh, a part that was written specifically for her in "On a Clear Day You Can See Forever." So she's pretty amazing.
4: You can see some clips of her in that um, in the original production of that on YouTube. I watched them the other day. On a clear day, you can see forever. There's a few, um, vintage clips of her in that on there.
0: Oh, very cool. Yeah. I had no idea who she was. Um, but just, you know, looked up, looked her up on IMDb trying to find other movies. And she didn't do a lot of other movies. She did a couple of other things with Disney and a few other things. But like you said, Rachel, mostly she was a Broadway actress. She did master awkward in this movie. Oh, I thought, I thought she was amazing. Um, and in fact, I mean, we'll talk about it when we go through the movie. I actually looked forward, because, you know, the, the setup of the movie is they alternate between the two of them. I looked forward to her scenes, and Jodie Foster sometimes were, her scenes were sometimes boring for me. Because I was like, <laughs> oh, get me
1: back over to, the, to, to her being silly, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. We, you know what, I wanted to mention a couple more things. Uh, one, Mary Rogers also uh, wrote Once Upon a Mattress. Oh, so, surprise okay. I'm Rachel didn't mention i didn't even know that yeah that being a broadway thing and the director gary nelson it it, remember we're talking it is surprising that this didn't do better in the theater. i think chris you brought it up right right is uh gary nelson is did gilligan's island get smart uh the movie the black hole uh the television show early edition you know so he's it's, it's interesting that you know where he comes from and he gets this and it does okay not great but I guess you know it, it's in keeping with a lot of what Disney was doing at the
0: time, right, with the, the TV sort of cast and, the, and, and directors producing what could basically be made-for-TV movies at the time even, right? I mean, that's a $5 million budget. Is a made-for-TV movie with just with a little bit better special effects, although not in the body switch scene, which we'll talk about.
4: No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that makes this movie unique to other Disney films from the same period is the fact that they actually brought on the author of the novel to write the screenplay, and right. I think I think that really makes a huge difference in the effectiveness of this film. It's not the usual. Um, disney fair of this period there's something a little more sophisticated about it
2: yeah which i think is something that we also brought up with mary rogers other big thing that we reviewed on this podcast which was once upon a mattress and right. especially the notions of uh, feminism that were brought up in in uh, freaky friday um uh, because jodie foster even mentions in her interview that this really was kind of an early attempt by disney to tackle feminism in their in their live action movies
4: Right, and if you haven't seen that interview, it it is posted on YouTube also. I watched it on YouTube. Oh, very cool.
0: Lots of uh, ancillary content to consider. Yeah,
4: well, I just did a little research, and I found a whole bunch of clips on YouTube, so I prepared for our episode. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool.
0: We appreciate
1: it.
4: Always.
0: Always. So, uh, yeah, just to dive right into this, I mean, I think we all know the basic setup, right, which is that um, Annabelle, uh, Jodie Foster's character, and Ellen Andrews, uh, Barbara Harris' character, don't get along. Uh, And that is set up from the very beginning. It's interesting to me, though, that the narrator of the film is Annabelle. So she sort of tells us about her life from from minute one, uh, talking about, you know, her messy room, which is beyond messy to, I think, toxic. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps.
0: And we, we learn about her brother, who she is not a fan of, uh, but we find out later uh, you know, that there's more to that relationship. And then of course her mother, who's always on her case in her, in her mode of thinking, right? Her mother's always giving her a hard time, she's trying her best. Uh, we learn that Annabelle it, plays on the field hockey team at school. Uh, that she can water ski, at least if you believe the worst green screen I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> I don't is know it, if it's the worst. I, I, think, would, I think we've seen worse. I, say,
3: I would say super, I mean, it makes, it makes like
0: a, it's right up there with Super Dad. Yes. It, it, is, it is right in line with that. You're right, Cheryl.
4: It's interesting that it just so happened on this very day she was getting so many things were going on in Annabelle's life. She was had a big water ski thing going on, she had a big hockey game going on, she had a lunchtime band pre- I mean she just had all these activities that just seemed to happen on the same day.
0: Yes. And <laughs> and and as did her father, right? Her father has this big, you know, real estate deal going through where uh he's going to present to the investors about this marina that they're building and his daughter is going to star in the Aquacade which, was I the only person <laughs> who kept hearing aqua cake?
4: <laughs>
0: Perhaps. <laughs> Maybe you were just hungry. Well, I gave up, I gave up sweets for Lent so possibly it uh, could have been.
1: I just have to say he was the most disorganized individual. How he got put in charge of that in the first place, I have no idea. Oh,
0: I thought my uh, my lovely bride was going to shoot him <laughs> <laughs> at, at certain points in the movie.
4: He did play kind of a jerk, um, but uh, he did it so well and so – I don't know. I I think he's kind of charming in a way. In a oh, j- yeah.
0: Yeah. He, he's, he's like a lovable jerk. Like he, you yeah. know he doesn't mean ill by it. He right. just doesn't understand that he's being a jerk. Exactly. Like Annabelle
3: says it later in the movie. In fact, she she points out that she realized you know, her father was such a jerk. Right. <laughs> well, in
4: the op- in the opening monologue, she refers to her father as a fantastically cool person. Right. And when she takes on the role of being the mother, she starts to realize it's not as cool as as she thought he was. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, His male that's my
4: chauvinism favorite. starts to show through.
2: <laughs> yeah, and her line about, as a dad, you're terrific. As a husband, you're more like a traffic cop.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, though, that uh, in this one, I feel like more so than in any other body switch type movies that I've seen, like, usually it's all about... Figuring out that you know, oh, mom has it tough, and I've got it tough, or whatever. You know, like mom figures out, oh yeah, the kids have a lot going on that I didn't know about. Th- that kind of a thing. There, like like you guys were saying earlier, there's a little bit more to this one. Uh, the whole, you know, put upon wife and the and the fact that maybe we're working these kids too hard, and you know, like there, it, it's a almost like an added layer that's not in other versions of this kind of a story. Right.
4: There's a lot more there. There.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, so, yes, it's, it's a school day, and so Annabelle's getting ready to leave and go to school. She doesn't eat breakfast. Her mother, you know, harasses her about that. And, in fact, she actually goes to the ice cream parlor to have breakfast, <laughs> which I love me some ice cream, but I don't know that I could have an, a banana split for breakfast.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but it's got milk and... And fruit. And fruit. It's true. Yeah, yeah.
2: But she's also going to be doing field hockey later that day. You would think that maybe she might want to get some protein or, yeah. you know, something good.
0: Well, the bananas are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. There could be nuts on it. You don't know. <laughs> True. And yep. a cherry. And a cherry. So, yeah, um, so she is there in the in the ice cream parlor complaining about You know, her mother, her mother is there in the kitchen complaining to her father about Annabelle saying like, oh, she's directionless and, you know, all these sorts of things until finally they say at the same time, I wish I could switch places with her for just one day and we get a very bad special effect. (laughs)
4: and very strange very strange music
0: (laughs) yes which we we didn't touch on the um as Todd mentioned earlier the 19 minute theme song but wow was that bad
1: yeah it's an hour and a half movie why is your theme song that long (laughs) well I you know I have kind of a
4: nostalgia for that song because I grew up listening to it sure um and I actually do like it I um Oh I don't I don't blame you a bit. It's just it's so if you I understand
0: like if you grew up with it, right? Like there's some yeah. like, like I'm the same way with the Parent Trap. My wife hates every song in the Parent Trap.
4: Yeah. <laughs> the, the the people who wrote that song also wrote the soundtrack for Pete's Dragon. Oh, which was yeah. released which was released that same year. So they were busy with Disney that year. Disney
0: tended to do that, right? In these days, they tended to keep people, you know, close yeah. by and, and, and use them a lot. Well they
1: still do to it too. Right, advantage. right. And we should note that Barbara Harris and Jody Foster did sing the song.
0: Right. Yeah, Jody Foster um, can't sing.
4: If you go it, again, if you go on YouTube and look up the song, I'd like to be you for a day, there's a version by um the, one of the Osman brothers singing the song. Oh. I remember that.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's got my, it's much catchier to it. So like, to be you for a day. That's it's, like a little, it's a little more poppy
4: sounding. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's important to note here, okay, that in this scene, because this comes up later, the, the logic of the scene is that Ellen's mind goes into Annabelle's body and Annabelle's mind goes into Ellen's body But they do not physically switch places.
4: Right. Yes. Their their bodies stay. Remember that. Right. (laughs) Their bodies stay in the same place, but their minds switch.
1: Right. But that's because later on, I know where you're going, Ryan. Later on, they don't say they don't want to switch places. They say something different. Fair enough. And that's why what happens, happens.
0: Fair enough. We'll talk about it. I don't know if I agree with you all right but anyway <laughs> uh, so so of course this is this is the crazy moment what What I love is Barbara Harris like just kills it as Annabelle in this first part because she does exactly what you would expect, like if you see that you're a if you 're an awkward teenage girl and you suddenly become a a fully formed woman, like she's just like dancing, admiring her legs. She starts smoking. She's, you know, she's like listening to music and just like, she just goes crazy. Yeah. Whereas Annabelle having Ellen's mind starts talking in this, you know, her normal tone of voice of uh, in sort of an imperious tone, I guess would be the right way to say it. <laughs> stuck up. You can yeah. Stuck up. yeah, oh, there you go. To all the all of Annabelle's friends, and which of course you know kind of freaks them out, and they don't know what to make of it, and so they start all uh, you know talking in that same voice, pretending to to be their yeah, mothers. They,
4: they think she's playing a game, right? Um, so they join in, and they all start acting like their mothers,
0: which is pretty funny. Like that part, I yeah. actually liked uh, her friends, which was the only point in the movie that I liked Annabelle's friends. They're very mean,
4: but. Weren't friends mean when you were in high school? I mean, that's pretty. That's actually pretty realistic.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, no, it. it was. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, this is the day that that you know they're going to have. Like you mentioned, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Um, Annabelle, when she gets into class, uh, you know, with with Ellen's mind, is has all kinds of trouble just even finding a class. Like she can't figure out where she's going, and people are knocking her stuff over, and but uh, she ruins
3: a photography class. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yep. she, she yep. can't find the class, so she wanders in the photography class uh, and opens the darkroom door and ruins all of their stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's just antics after antics, which is most of which are are really pretty funny. Um, you know, Annabelle in her mother's body uh, tries to do some laundry.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That doesn't go
1: well. And clean yeah. everything else while she's at it. Right. I, like, I so- love
4: that scene when she puts the laundry and she grabs a bag of potato chips and she plops down on the couch like a typical teenager would. I just think that's genius.
1: She realizes yes. how bad daytime television was back then. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>.
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it's still all that great today. It's really. okay. It's okay. It's it's a little <laughs> bit better, I guess. There's more channels
1: today. You can have DVRs, and you can you know exact. watch Netflix and stuff. You can
3: also watch you carrying and Prices or Prices Right. That's right. True.
1: Though Prices Right was on TV back then too. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That's true.
3: It that was, probably was uh, on ABC. Barker. That's why they didn't show it. <laughs>
4: No, they showed sewing with Sister Susie instead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and some strange puppet thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: There were a lot of strange puppet things in the 70s, let's just be honest.
4: Yeah, yes. that's true. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, she even has to get her little brother, uh, her little brother Ben, off to school. And uh, she gives him her, her sugar cereal that she normally eats. And in fact, gives, her the gi- gives him the giant serving spoon to eat it with. Which
1: <laughs> is that's is not the regular eating spoon? And
4: she <laughs> keeps calling him the, the same nickname that Annabelle has given him, Ape Face. Yes. Um, it's funny because that was Annabelle's name and all of a sudden his mother starts calling him Ape Face.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't figure out that something's up from that.
1: No. Well, they kid. said he's neat. They didn't say he
0: was bright. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> he's a sweet kid. He's very neat. Not that bright. <laughs> Uh, And then in school, uh, Annabelle has to uh, go to typing class. Oh God! And use electric typewriters.
4: (laughs) Now it's funny because I mean, looking back at today's technology, it's like if you put um, a kid in, if if the situation were today, you'd you'd be sitting a a mother at a laptop computer and typing and um, whereas back then it was kind of the same thing because she was not familiar with what an electric typewriter was because in her day they were still using mechanical typewriters
0: i'm with her on this (laughs) electric typewriters are awful they are why they would have been used in the first place
1: because they were loud
0: well, that, I mean, I had a regular manual typewriter at home and then, yeah, went to school and used an electric one. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, so the, all, all kinds of different things ensue. So we, we didn't mention that uh, the neighbor, uh, who Boris, who's, who is across the street, uh, is somebody that Annabelle has a crush on. Uh, he's played by Mark McClure, who I recognize, but I couldn't remember
1: from what. Superman's best friend. Yes, and that's exactly... Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot you're right.
4: I forgot about
1: that. <laughs> the year after, mind you. Yeah. Wow, I have a he was so much this. younger. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: Go to your I've, question, Rachel.
2: Okay, my question about his character. So is he out of school? Like, why is he, why is he not in school? Like, his, is so he...
1: As someone who went to school in the, <laughs> the 70s... It was really easy to say you were sick and stay home and not because your parents, you know, were dumb about it. Like, you know, kids think they're fooling their parents, but just like they didn't want kids in school for any potential sickness reason. Like I oh. used to get sick all the time from my tonsils and that just like him.
2: Yeah. And that's I was right. always and I was
1: always staying home as a result of it.
2: That's right, because he's, yeah, the drops and all that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he says I, he has
1: cold and yeah. yeah,
4: later on he mentions that he has allergies, but it keeps him home from school. And that's why he's home th- that day. Because his allergies are acting up.
0: She goes to try to, uh, to hang out with him uh, as Ellen. <laughs> she thinks that she can, you know, go hang out with him and show him how sophisticated she is. And I don't know. It, it's a lit. There's a little bit of creepiness to it. But yes. it's-
1: yeah. yeah. Also, yes. like she wearing yep. pajamas. I'm sorry. I just felt like she was wearing pajamas this entire time. That's the '70s, man. Yeah. That's that what was people like, wore.
0: That
4: was like a velour uh, pantsuit that she yeah. had
0: on. <laughs> I guarantee no. you, you find pictures of moms in those those days. That would have been the the thing to wear is a velour pantsuit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they go and she's trying to she basically goes to, to what does she ask him to borrow some some kibble for the dog. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. And he because brings her I, cat food. Yeah, because a cup of sugar is too cliched. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So instead he gets cat food he brings her cat food. Um and you know, she starts walking around chewing. What I love is her chewing the gum, like Barbara Harris, like chewing the gum and blowing bubbles is hilarious. I laughed yeah. the whole time she was doing it.
4: Yeah, she really, she really had the character down. Perfect.
0: Yeah, mucking up the makeup was great too, though. Oh, yes. that was
4: a great scene. <laughs>
0: yeah, and trying to plaster her eyebrows on.
4: Yeah, the fake beginning. eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, they throw a they throw a boomerang um that doesn't work out well. it goes through the neighbor's window
4: you know oh you forgot the you forgot the scene where all the people come over
0: I, that's what I was about to talk about is that yeah. uh yeah she as she's trying to <laughs> she's trying to get everything in order for this uh for the day you know and she's wearing this she's put on her black dress for the that right. her husband has requested for the dinner party right. Now, here's my question. I know my wife made this comment, and I wonder if anybody else had this. It seems like she has an awful lot of people to do all the stuff that a, a housewife needs to do. She has a maid, she has people delivering groceries, she has somebody to clean the carpet, she has a dry cleaner.
4: Yeah.
3: The maid, okay, the maid didn't seem, yeah, I'm defending her, the maid didn't seem like that was her job.
1: Um, she didn't seem to do anything, actually, yes. the, maid. the maid. And Joe, the maid, she just walked around and criticized yeah, her. Yeah, the maid's <laughs> job was really
3: v- vague.
1: With a snow yeah. shovel indoors during spring, mind you. Yeah, true.
2: Yeah, and to be fair to her, to not to the maid, but um, when everyone's talking at her at once, And none of them will stop talking, so you can't understand anything that anyone is telling her. And she just, like, kind of sits down and just is overwhelmed by all of it. I totally felt for her. I would have probably fired all of them, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I had tons of sympathy for her because I'm like, I've been there. You know what I mean? Like, where you've got, you know, you're trying to get a bunch of stuff done around the house and you've got different people wanting different things and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was just struck by the fact that, like, all the things that you would expect to have to do – she didn't have to do so, I wasn't really sure what she did on a daily basis. And then John Aston calls her and is a complete jerk, so it was okay then.
3: Yes, then she has to save the dinner show.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, because I mean, we're skipping around, but I mean, basically, what happens is for this, this investor thing is apparently somebody forgot to call the caterer. I'm guessing it was him. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing
3: it was his last secretary.
0: Uh, that could be too. We'll talk about the secretaries. Uh, it could be that, but it, it, instead of instead of a catered party, he asked her to fix a twenty-five person dinner,
3: which apparently she's yeah. famous for. Wait, and she's also infamous for this. Apparently, this is not the first time she's bar- she's him out of this this predicament. It sounds like
1: still the choice no. of a stuffed turkey with a bad one
0: yeah i i don't know I don't know that that was his best planning <laughs> trying to get a turkey done in what was it three hours
1: just order Chinese right. food at that point really
0: <laughs> uh but that that actually happens a little later um but you know back at the school, Annabelle has to do a has to play field hockey right um that doesn't go well because it's Ellen who's the field hockey who, who's in Annabelle's body and she keeps getting knocked over because field hockey's rough, man.
4: Well, the plan, the plan of attack for the opposing team is to attack the star player, physical, physical force, who happens to be Annabelle. So they're all coming after her and hitting her and knocking her over. So not only does she have no idea how to play field hockey... But the other team is on the attack, right?
0: Yeah, they're 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 mean. They're vicious.
4: Yeah, and the coaches aren't much better. They're pretty
0: <laughs> vicious. <laughs> the too. coaches are hilarious, though. is really great. Oh, yeah.
4: Yes, yeah. The the two
0: coaches and their rivalry together was like that was really funny.
4: Right.
2: Yeah. I have to say though, for you know. I get that she's not good at field hockey. That's fine. But I doubt that she would be so bad that she would actually score on her own team. Like that that was the one part that I was like, okay, this yeah. is a little bit ridiculous. Right. That's
1: that's something like a three-year-old, uh, not a three-year-old. Like You know, they are those junior, the super junior leagues now, right? Yes. The little, and the little kids <laughs> don't know which way to run. I could understand it happening then, yes. but I agree. A 13-year-old is not going to make that mistake. Well, you know what my logic is
4: behind that is the fact that she doesn't really know these kids very well. This is the first time she's ever met any of these kids that she's playing with. And she might not remember what color her uniform is because it's the (laughs) first. Well, it's the first time she's ever worn it. I mean, this is all brand new to her. So she yeah. may have she may have forgotten what team she was on because she doesn't know any of the people there and she doesn't remember what color she has on.
2: I have to ask though, has she never been to one of her daughter's games? Probably not. Probably not.
0: She was busy
1: making
2: dinner.
4: It,
0: it, it also yeah, seems it's 25 minutes
1: dinners, right? Because remember, this whole movie takes place in a day, right? Yeah. So it was probably during school, the game, because there's no way that she could have then, after school, gone to get orthodontia, gone shopping, done the water skiing. There's no way that she could have also, oh. the game was okay. after school. I
3: don't know, you could, have inter- you could have water skiing be like a, a school like activity.
1: <laughs> but it was the dad's water skiing event that they all had, all the kids, remember the, kid, the kids kidnapped her? Mind you, she's 13, all her friends are 13, who's driving the van? Yeah. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Very good point.
0: Very valid point. Yeah, you're right. Some of the things do seem a little out of order. Like she gets a like I don't know what time these kids are going to school, but
1: she gets a lot done before lunchtime.
0: Ellen does.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, there's like one point where like, oh, after she's already done the laundry at that point, and she gets the phone call from the father. I think it's like it says eight fifty a.m. on the clock. Yeah. Which means
0: that they had to have gotten everybody out the door at like four in the morning. Basically, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, logical discussions aside, yeah, we had the field hockey thing, and then, of course, uh, there's another uh, point where Ellen is in class as Annabelle, and she's trying to do something right for the day, and she actually starts reciting uh, chapter and verse of the Korean War. Yeah. Which does not go over well with her classmates. They right. throw confetti on her.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: Which, I mean, like, if you're going to punish somebody, I don't know that the rip-torn approach is, like, the best way to go.
4: <laughs> I thought it was kind of odd that the trash can that they used just happened to have multicolored bits of confetti in it. Yeah. yeah. All the same size.
0: Yeah, they did get that very quickly. yeah. I don't know if there it, 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 was that a thing in the 70s of like schools had confetti trash cans laying around. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, but my favorite thing of all the antics that takes place between these two uh, throughout the whole day is when Ellen picks Ben up from school and oh, they this start, is great. yeah, and they start talking about how the fact that he doesn't actually hate Annabelle, he loves her.
2: Um, well okay i i just have to point out one thing at the very beginning of that scene when she yes. comes up with the grocery bags and she yes. tells him to just grab whatever <laughs> out of the bag and he grabs the bottle of gin
4: Well, <laughs> they're like, no you can't grab that that's the, one thing you that's the wrong
1: bag yeah well the <laughs> dad had told her to pick up a lot of liquor for the for the party as well yep. yeah
0: yeah because they were going to come over to the to the house afterwards so they would need a lot of booze yeah, but they start talking, and Ben talks about the, how the fact that he doesn't actually like Annabelle. Um, and he doesn't like – the like, he loves Annabelle. He really enjoys her, and, uh, but he just doesn't know why she does, dislikes him so much. He doesn't, of course, realize that he's talking to Annabelle. And she starts softening towards him, and then they play baseball in her velour pantsuit.
4: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> that was awesome.
4: The whole scene was just. I can't believe that she was in her 40s, you know, when she did this movie. I believe,
3: um, yeah, um, Jodie Foster said she's 35.
4: Yeah, well, I did look her up on Wikipedia, and she was off by a few years. She was in her early 40s when she um, did this movie. Wow. Um, But yeah, Jodie Foster did say 35 in that interview, but um, I guess she wasn't exactly sure what her age was. But the fact that she played baseball the way she did in that scene is just amazing.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Sliding you know like all the stuff. Everything she was doing. Pitching all of
4: it. Well she not just played but she had all the gestures that a jock would have you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. She just had she didn't just have the game down. She had the mannerisms and and, you know, the attitude and everything.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the whole the whole kit and caboodle, it was, it was pretty great. Um, but when she gets home, and, of course, she's having to fix this this dinner, because uh, <laughs> that happens, and she's trying to cook a turkey
1: in, what was it, three hours? Yeah. No. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd kill everyone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, if you stuffed it, you could get a turkey with, of the stuffing cooked in three hours. But yes. you have to be really yep. careful with it. But with the stuffing, no way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And she has to to leave
0: Boris with Ben, and she basically asks him to cook a dessert. (laughs) Right. And he says he can make a chocolate mousse. Um, Which way you taught me
3: recently.
0: I made chocolate mousse mousse last night. Mm. I imagine yours is better than Boris's.
1: Mine's also vegan.
0: It's still better than Boris's.
1: (laughs) For example, it finished... Uh, correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what
0: ends up happening, of course, is that none of the food actually gets done. And uh, oh, well, something gets
4: done
2: uh, except for <laughs> except for smoked turkey.
4: Yeah. <laughs> they make a they make a New Orleans casserole. Remember? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Cat-toon. I tried to forget. <laughs> yeah,
0: they they end up making what they call a smorgasbord, which is. Uh, <laughs> As I've learned, a, a term that you use when you don't really know what kind of food you're going to have.
1: <laughs> a closet affair.
0: Yes. Uh, and meanwhile, Annabelle has to go and, and uh, get ready for the festivities herself. So she, uh, as you guys mentioned, she goes to the orthodontist where she's supposed to get her braces off that day. Uh, and that's a very unpleasant experience for her. Even though her mother is trying to be brave as her in Annabelle's body, um, it's it's not a pleasant experience. Uh, and then she has to go to her fa- – she goes to her father's office.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Uh, and she goes to her father's office, and she sees the new secretary. And the new secretary is a shapely woman in a very tight red dress. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Who tells her how wonderful her father is and how nice he's been to her, um, which does not go over well with Ellen, especially, I would imagine, because she's had days like her uh, she's having today her in her uh, the Annabelle in Ellen's body, where her, her husband has called her to make smorgasbord dinners and uh, pick up booze and do all this other stuff that he's asked her to do. So I imagine knowing that he's sitting there with this woman in this tight red dress all day. You know, flirting with her is not going to go over well. You think? Yeah. Uh, What's really funny about it is, like, she talks to the secretary about how intimidating her mother is, and she goes in to talk to her father. And while she's talking to her father, what I loved is how the secretary keeps coming in with more and more clothes (laughs) on.
1: (laughs) And somebody's Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she
4: can't even see out of them. She's bumping into the walls on her way out the door.
0: To which I say, well played, Ellen.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And then there's the bit about how um, she, she asks the father, she's like, what do you think of her? And he's like, well, she's looked better on other days or something like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, then he says something like, you know, Oh, um, she has problems at home. Her son's ill and her husband's unemployed or, you know, something like that. And, so Ellen, like, says, uh, kind of says internally, like, "Oh, well, I guess I should leave her alone or whatever." I totally feel like he was making that up.:
4: <laughs> We forgot to mention the fact is. I'm sorry, we forgot to mention the fact that throughout the whole film, you hear the voices of yes. their inner thoughts, and when you're looking at Annabelle, you hear Ellen's, bo- Ellen's voice as her inner thoughts. And when you're looking at Ellen, you hear Annabelle's voice as her inner thought. So you're hearing their inner monologue, inner dialogue throughout the whole movie.
1: Yes. And that's part of why uh, when we were talking about the Golden Globes earlier, I said they were both nominated for both parts oh, for, that, for that award right. because they're both playing both parts throughout the movie.
4: Interesting. Yep. I didn't, that didn't sink in when you first said it. But yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Very cool.
0: Yeah. And I, I still, you know, I uh I I like Jodie Foster, you know, these days and some of the films that she's been in, but like in her Disney films, I feel like she was not a very good she was not excellent. Like and I like Candleshoe and I like this movie, but I feel like she was overshadowed in both of those films by Barbara Harris in this one and um and you know, Priory David Niven in the other ones in, in Candleshoe, like I don't know. I don't know if she just got better as she got older or what the story is, but uh, I, I think Barbara Harris totally stole the show here.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. She's, in her interview, she says she never had any acting experience at all.
2: Yeah, and most of what she talks about with Freaky Friday is actually how she was much more interested in directing at the time. Yeah. So she was wanting to learn more about working behind the camera. Um. So she probably wasn't spending as much time thinking about her character or, you know, specific acting decisions she I also talks remember. a lot about
1: the respect for the other people who, are, who she was working with and stuff like that mm-hmm. so.
0: yeah it's just you know what I mean right when you go into a movie and you go oh Jodie Foster you think oh well this is going to be you know she's going to turn in a really great performance because that's what she typically does these days and so it was interesting to see somebody you know to me who was completely unknown really outshine her
4: right well, she did adequately in this movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but not, I, I agree with you though. She she definitely was not. It was not her, you know, her best work. She got better as time went on.
3: Since we're talking about this, um, we talked it this was almost the the
1: the next two movies were almost not her work. Oh, because she tried to be Princess Leia. She talks about right. that. But she never officially got the role or anything like that. She just tried out. Apparently she art.
3: already had the contract with Disney and her mother didn't want to
1: bother with that. So I find that funny. Well, her, it was about work ethic is, if you, if, is what she talks about. Her mother yeah. felt that, you know, since she had the contract, she wasn't going to break the contract. Makes sense. Yeah.
3: I don't know, it could have made merger a whole earlier. We could have had a merger way long ago.
1: It's
0: true. <laughs> it's
1: but true. Uh, I, I do believe to, to that point, that's why Amidala was younger in the prequels than Leia was in the original movies. So, of course, you, you can probably see if you haven't seen the movie, uh, where all this is, is
0: coming together, right? It's the big the big party uh, event. The Aqua Cake or Cade, as the case would be. <laughs> um, and Annabelle is, has to go um, get some new, new clothing and, and, and be ready, you know, to look nice for this event, and, which, that's why she had gone to her dad's office, which was to get uh, a credit card so that she could go and uh, look nice, and uh, then she, she's got to go and uh, participate in the Aquacade. Uh, Annabelle in Ellen's body is trying to figure out how to get there. Uh, and drive because she's tried. She has studiously avoided driving the whole day. But when she's got to transport all this, and I use the term food loosely, uh, <laughs> she has to figure out how to do that. And she has Ben and Boris with the, with her. And she and, and
3: tries against Boris to drive because he does have a license. I mean, or a permit or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she did. She did. She was not successful in that pursuit. Unfortunately for her. Uh, yeah, I and forget,
4: so I forget why, but there was some reason why he couldn't drive because he could get arrested or something. So he didn't have some his reason permit why? Yet. Oh, he yeah. didn't have his permit yet. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he also wasn't buying her story. Right. No, no, no,
0: no, no. He was definitely more suspicious at this point. And of course, Annabelle is is at the Aquacade. So, to back up for a second the original plan was for all the investors and everybody to be on the shore at the Aquacade and to watch the big, the big show. Uh, and instead he has now put them on a little Island in the middle of the lake.
4: Like a little Uh, floating raft. Right. Where they're all standing in the middle of everything. Yes.
3: Oh, Brian, I wanted to mention one, one of the scenes I thought of you. Okay, is when she's backing the car up into the next family's yard it reminds me of the family's yard reminding me of the ugly Datsun
4: (laughs) yeah it reminded me of that too yeah yeah that's right yeah and they all fall in the pool I was wondering if that was there's this neighbor that first she came over to her house to get her hair dryer back and then later Mary Kay was her name and then later on, she threw a boomerang through Mary Kay's window. So I was wondering if that was possibly Mary Kay's lawn party that she crashed into. I couldn't see her her face anywhere in the crowd, but that would be funny if she, if she just kept tormenting poor Mary Kay all day long.
0: <laughs> uh, I think it might have been. It
4: might, might have well. been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh,
0: to make a long story short, um, which is too late for that. <laughs> they, you know, this is the part that where they, you know, uh, where Annabelle is getting out on the skis and Ellen is driving, uh, where they decide that they are going to switch back. Now, now, what is what was what is your point here, Todd? That they say, so. I will say what happens, and then I want to hear your explanation for this. So what happens is they actually switch places in body not just in right. mind, right? right? So Annabelle's driving the car, and Ellen is out on the skis. So,
1: so in now- the beginning, they, wish, they w- literally wish they could switch places, right? Okay. So, so the, the mind swap into the bodies, right? Okay, right. right. At this, that's not what they say to get back. They eat, both say at the same time they wish they had their body back.
4: That's right.
1: So what they get back is wherever they are, they get their body back. And so mom That's is true. actually the one water skiing, so her body comes back to her. Annabelle is actually the one driving, so her body comes back to her. All right, I will so, buy that as an explanation.
2: So basically, wherever <laughs> you go, there you are.
0: Exactly.
4: exactly. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's worth mentioning, too, at this point, that John Aston's character, uh, uh, Bill, actually had been talked out of just like he'd messed up with the gator uh they wanted him to get a professional water skier
4: <laughs> right and he
0: had instead had his daughter so that when his wife shows up out there on the skis who by the way does not know how to ski uh he is stricken with panic
2: I have a a quick note also about Jodie Foster and the water skiing stuff, because even though, like, all of her stuff is in front of a green screen, they apparently still took her out to learn how to water ski.
0: That seems like a waste of time.
2: Yeah, that's what what I thought, too. I was like, well, the whole thing's in front of a green screen, so why did they do this? But apparently they took her out, and she said, and I got very sunburnt, and...
4: Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think maybe it was so that she had the moves down even though you only saw her from the waist up. Maybe they wanted her to know how to naturally move on water skis so it looked like she was really doing it even though it really didn't look anything like she was really <laughs> on water skis. But maybe that was no, the reasoning behind it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it all works out because uh, Ellen flailing around on her skis actually makes the clients laugh. They think it's it's funny, and uh, it wins the big account for Bill. He you know gets all the funding he needs for his marina. And uh, I'm I'm just hoping that no one actually ate the
1: the New Orleans food. I don't they think so because sunk
4: with the ship, right? That's what <laughs> yeah. I well. No, the, the the they never
1: got the food there in time. The
4: car fell into the into. Remember, it went off the dock into right. the water, so all the food sank with the with the car. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, we didn't mention that, but yes, the food, the the, the car, um, since Annabelle was driving, does not end up
1: in a in, in the right place. And that also a- doesn't actually sink because it was a 1970s era Volkswagen Beetle, <laughs> and they did supposedly float. So.
4: Right. Well, haven't you ever seen Herbie Goes Bananas?
1: Yeah, but that's Herbie. I just chalked that up to being Herbie.
0: Yeah, so everything works out okay, and uh, the next day, you know, uh, Annabelle and Ellen, you know, they still understand. Now they understand each other better. They understand a little more uh, what's going on. They have a much better relationship. Annabelle starts dating Boris, um, which is kind of cool because – anytime they need a lift, he can just use his signal watch and get Superman to pick him up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and Bill is still does not understand what happened because throughout the whole movie, like he's talked to both of them, and he's like, you're both acting very strange, but they don't actually tell him what happened? Okay. <laughs> or should they? <laughs> well, they should based on what happens at the end of the movie. Yeah. Because... He ends up – he and Ben start getting into this same sort of thing, and they both – you know, they wish to switch places right as the movie ends. Right, so freeze So they probably should have told him.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: They both just say you just don't want to do that. That's all they say.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they try, but they should have told him what actually happened. Uh, but yeah, the movie ends with the freeze frame, like you said, Chris, with uh, Ellen throwing her cards in the air right. uh, before we can get that, that crazy special effect again. Right. But yeah, that's the that's the whole thing. I I have to say, like, going into this I was not looking forward to it, but the this this is funnier than I expected it to be. Although I think it drags and like honestly the Annabelle stuff is the stuff that drags for me. The uh the, the Ellen scenes where she's uh where where Annabelle is in Ellen's mind, I think are are just hilarious.
1: Yeah. I remember liking all of it when I was a kid, but I see what you're saying, you know, having watched it now. Yeah. Yeah,
0: well, that's true. And like my well, and see, I think it's a product of the times, too, right? Like we've said this a few times on our on on some of these films where a movie that w- that's paced this, the way this is in 1976 is fine, but like movies these days are much faster paced. Right. So, like, my wife and I actually really enjoyed the movie and watched the whole thing, whereas my kids, you know, they kind of checked out about the hour mark.
2: Besides the whole pacing thing, there's also – I mean, I mentioned that the body swap is never really explained, like, how it happened. Like, you see that, you know, it was caused by them saying this, but if this movie was made today, which it was remade, there has to be an explanation for it, which – Obviously, they did give an explanation for
3: they it. <laughs> right. no, they we'll and find it. out
2: about that. <laughs> yeah, but in this era, you just didn't need that. It, it wasn't expected.
0: Right, like the point right. was the body swap, not why they did it.
2: Yeah. Right,
4: right.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, well, anything else you guys want to add uh, to Freaky Friday before we rate it?
2: I have nope. one last uh, weird connection between John Aston and uh and Jodie Foster that I found when I was digging. Okay um, so John Aston was also in this movie called Silence of the Hams, which is a spoof on Silence of the Lambs, which Jodie Foster starred in the that film and won Best Act- Actress at the Oscars. So in a weird roundabout way it's kind of a connection years later after this movie came out. <laughs>
3: yeah she she admits in her interview of being like um in awe of John Aston,
4: yeah, I don't blame her I don't either. I'm yeah. awesome.
1: <laughs> he's pretty awesome yeah yeah let, let's face it, as far as John Aston goes, despite the obliviousness of the father in this movie, he's playing what he does best is he manages to deliver everything in that gleeful, happy way. You know, because that's like Gomez's character, right? Is No matter what goes on, Gomez never loses it. All right, so let's let's rate this one.
0: All right, Chris, uh, as our guest, we'll let you go first. Uh, On a scale of one to five, what's your feeling on Freaky Friday? I think I know where this is headed, but go ahead.
4: Well, I have definite nostalgia goggles when it comes to this uh, movie. But even that being said, I still think it's a very, very good movie. Um, so I'm going to give it a four. All right. Very well. Cheryl, what about you?
3: I'm going to go with a three. Because I know where I'm going with my next movie, so. (laughs) 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 So I got to prep and plan for that, so. I mean, I did, I, I, like, tried to fall asleep watching it the next couple of days, but, um, the song is a little bit annoying. (laughs) (laughs) to <laughs> fall asleep by so don't try it folks at home because <laughs> usually I watch a Disney movie and my you know, wife fall asleep, tell me fall asleep and this one no it doesn't work because of what I'm
0: <laughs> all right Rachel what do you think
2: okay I'm going to give this one Three and a quarter stars. Um, I can't give it higher than that because I do think that it has some pacing issues, which also Once Upon a Mattress, also written by Mary Rogers, also did uh, in the middle, could have probably been trimmed up. Um, But I really like the ideas in this movie. I like um, that Disney was kind of stepping towards addressing things like feminism and, you know, youth culture and everything, which was not really their thing at the time. So I, I appreciate it for, for attempting that. And I do think that um, both Jodie Foster and Barbara Harris are great, especially Barbara Harris. Um, So yeah, three and a quarter star for me.
1: Very cool. All right, Todd, what about you? Um, I will go with the three stars also. Really, I probably feel it's less, but you know, I have the nostalgia of having like seen it when I was a kid too. So, for me, you know, I'm good with a three on it. You know, no real reason. I don't dislike it. I could sit through it. So, I'm actually surprised Cheryl gave it the rating that she did because she grown through a lot of it. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm gonna be right there with you. I would give it a three as well. Like it's I think it's perfectly enjoyable, fun movie. Um, you know, pacing has some issues and uh there's some things, you know, story wise that are probably a little crazy, but funny, easy to sit through, like you said. It's a nice background movie. Um really loved Barbara Harris, like I've said many times, and yeah, I think it was pretty good. All right, so uh, that's what we think of Freaky Friday. We'd love to know what you guys think. Um, you can post in the show notes on the, on the website at DisneyFilmProject.com or find us on all the different social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter, uh, and let us know what you guys think or email us DisneyFilmProject at gmail.com. All right, so that will do it for this week's episode. Uh, thanks, Chris, for joining us.
4: Thank you for having me. I had fun.
0: Great. And for Todd and Cheryl and Rachel, I'm Ryan, and we'll see you again soon.
4: So long, Sister Susie.
0: Because there's nothing more annoying in the whole entire world with a little blue-eyed saint with perfect teeth who's always on time, never has a messy room.
2: Your mop stinks. Hey, whose foot is that? That's not my foot. That's Mom's foot. And those are Mom's legs. And her stomach.
1: Ah, macaroni and cheese. Breakfast at last.